Welcome to Stuff You Should Know About Therapy. This podcast discusses everything you've ever wanted to know about therapy, but didn't know how to ask. We discuss many topics on the show, including how to help you overcome and cope with various situations. What many don't realize is that all of us are faced with various traumas and anxieties, and that we all want to work towards overcoming them. Here, we want to take away the stigma of therapy and assure you that everyone who is listening to this podcast is just like you, someone wanting to work on and improve their mental health. This podcast is your secure stop on your way to finding your answers. My name is Matthew, and I'll be your host. Let's get started with today's episode. Welcome back. This month, I would like to focus on trauma and various aspects of how to view trauma, how to cope with it ourselves, and how to help others overcome it as well. This week, I will be defining what trauma is, how to identify it in our own lives, how to recognize when it is time to see a professional, and as contrary as it sounds, how to have a positive outlook on the traumas that we have faced. Our trauma will always be a part of us but that does not mean that it has to define us. So what exactly is trauma? The Merriam-Webster Dictionary defines trauma as a behavioral state resulting from severe mental or emotional stress or physical injury, an emotional upset. Most individuals, when they hear the word trauma, they typically think of one of two things. One, a severe physical injury, like a trauma unit at a hospital. Or two, soldiers coming home from a war zone who saw bloodshed every single day. While both are indeed types of trauma, what most people miss is the trauma that affects all of us that we simply don't recognize as trauma the, quote, mental or emotional stress, end quote, of the definition. These events can be anything from losing a job, going through a breakup, failing a test, living through a natural disaster, living through a pandemic, or experiencing the death of a friend or family member. There are literally multiple forms of trauma. One of the reasons being, trauma is an individual matter. Trauma truly is personal. Trauma, although universal, is not a one-size-fits-all. What trauma looks like to me is different than what it looks like to you. This is where it becomes very important for us 
Natu war story or compare our trauma to that of others because it truly is all different. For example, for me, as someone who struggles with perfectionistic tendencies, I had a lot of trauma when it came to my grades and how well I did in school. All throughout my schooling, especially at university, I felt like I needed to get straight A's to prove my worth and value to those whom I loved and who loved me. Even after I got married, anything less than an A on an assignment, I genuinely worried that my wife would divorce me. Because by not getting an A, it somehow meant that I wasn't good enough for her. That she would no longer love me or appreciate me. This became a crazy and unhealthy way for me to cope. I made an unhealthy connection that in order to be loved, I needed to be perfect in school. Many of you who are listening may be thinking to yourselves, that Matt sounds crazy for thinking such a thing. While others may be having a realization that they have gone through or are currently going through the same thing. The crazy thing is that both sides are right and not one side is wrong. I would say that for most people, this self-imposed added pressure is something that most simply don't think about. After all, there is an old saying that many live by, C's get degrees. While academically speaking, this statement is true. For me and for my trauma, getting a C on anything was a death sentence. Many individuals do not have trauma associated with grades like I do, and that is perfectly fine. Just like for me personally, I have never struggled with an eating disorder, so I don't have any trauma when it comes to eating or food in general. Just because our trauma is different than our neighbors, doesn't mean that we can't still empathize with them. Sometimes just sitting there and listening is the best thing that we can do. Like I mentioned earlier, as long as we don't start war storing and trying to one-up the other person's trauma, there is something absolutely beautiful about being vulnerable enough to share a traumatic experience with someone we care about. So the next question becomes, when is it time to seek professional help? Again, the answer is different for everyone, but an excellent rule of thumb 
would be to seek help when we feel like the situation we are in is affecting our lives in a negative way. Whether we can't stop thinking about the situation, we are losing sleep over the situation, we find that we can't be around certain people or in certain situations, we simply can't talk about the situation, or any other way that we are being negatively impacted by the situation. We may even find that the situation that brought us to therapy is not the underlying reason on why we need to be in therapy. In continuing my own personal example of perfectionism and placing a value of love on being perfect, my grades during university wasn't the reason I initially started going to therapy. I actually started going because of the multiple miscarriages my wife and I have had in our marriage. My wife and I started trying to have kids about six months into our marriage. And as of this recording, we've been married almost seven years. In that time frame, we have suffered 12 miscarriages in our marriage. I started going back to therapy after miscarriage number nine. I found that I had gotten to a place where instead of being heartbroken about our miscarriages, I began to become cynical about our situation. As sad and as heartbreaking as it may sound, I actually found myself giving a little chuckle when my wife told me she was having another miscarriage. My first thought was, yep, sounds about right. This was not a healthy mindset to have at all. Nor was it a place that I could show empathy. In doing my own work, I found that the reason I was taking the miscarriages the way I was was because I felt that my wife and I needed kids to show the world that we had a perfect marriage. For me, I associated having kids with having a perfect family. I need to have the perfect family so I could be loved by my family and be loved for my family. Just like I needed the perfect grades to be loved by my wife and others. Again, the reason why I initially went to therapy was not the underlying reason for me needing therapy. For me, I was able to realize that the trauma of suffering from multiple miscarriages was a cause to go to therapy when I could no longer be there for my wife in a loving, empathic way to help her go through the same situation. 
for others in a similar situation, they could have sought professional help as soon as they had their first miscarriage, their third miscarriage, or even after their twelfth miscarriage. All of these answers are fine because they all sought help when they felt it was important for them to seek it. As I have mentioned throughout this podcast, and will continue to mention, there is no one right answer as to when to start going to therapy. As long as we do go. Once we notice that we are being negatively affected, or we are negatively affecting others, we should seriously consider seeing professional help. I strongly encourage anyone who is listening to this to please seek professional help if you haven't already done so. If you are currently struggling with any form of trauma or strongly encourage a loved one to seek help if you know that they are currently struggling with any trauma that they have not dealt with yet. We are all living in interesting times right now because of this pandemic. And if you find that this is a traumatizing experience, please seek professional help. I promise you that it does get better and that we will come to have a positive outlook on the traumas that we have suffered. Now, when I say a positive outlook, I do not mean that it will magically go away or that we will look at those traumatic experiences with a new sense of fondness. What I do mean by positive outlook is that we will be able to recognize how strong we are because we lived past the trauma. In finishing my own personal example, my positive outlook has been twofold. When it comes to my grades, I have been able to work on not define myself by a piece of paper or by a letter next to a subject on a transcript. I now know that my self-worth is so much greater than that. As far as the miscarriages go, believe me, they still hurt to think about. But my wife and I have been able to draw closer together, rely more on one another, and deepen the love that we have for each other because we have lived through this together. We have been able to come closer in a way that we would not have if it wasn't for the 12 miscarriages we've been through. And I would say that that togetherness and that closeness is a very positive thing. We are so much more than our trauma. 
And please don't be afraid to share your experience with others. Because I guarantee you that you are not alone. I want to thank you for letting me be vulnerable and share an intimate part of me with you. So what does trauma look like? The answer is not so simple, but it's up to you. We really hope that you enjoyed this episode of Stuff You Should Know About Therapy. Stay connected with us directly through our website at stuffyoushouldknowabouttherapy.com or you can join the discussion on Twitter, Instagram, or Facebook. If you'd like to speak with us directly, please email me at matthew at stuffyoushouldknowabouttherapy.com. And as always, thank you for pushing your mindset towards a better reality. And until next time, that stuff you should know about therapy.